0: Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Wednesday night, Bible study. We're going through the book of Philippians. We've just started. And so we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 7 through 11 tonight. Paul writes to these folks, great people that he loves and cares for, and just a great book. So let's begin. And it begins tonight with Paul's compassionate thoughts. Paul's compassionate thoughts when you think of other people compassion should rule the day but I don't like them compassion should rule the day when you look at people compassion should drive you not all the other thoughts you have Jesus looked at the crowd with compassion So here's what Paul writes in verse seven. He says, it's right that I should feel as I do about all of you for you have a special place in my heart. Now, I'm just gonna stop there for a moment. Christians do a lot more than just tolerate people. They should have a place in our hearts. If they have a place in our heart then we can respond to them with compassion. This is how I feel about you. You mean something to me. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. Verse eight, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Jesus Christ. Paul thanks them for their consistency. Now, I mentioned a little bit last week, but let me just kind of do it again this week. When Paul writes this book, he is under house arrest, so to speak, in, in Rome. Now, house arrest then was not having a little beeper tied to your leg and you could move around and go wherever you, as long as you stayed where you were. House arrest at that point was this. You had a couple of Roman soldiers in the house with you and you were chained to them. And you went, that chain was never undone, and you went nowhere without them being with you. That was the arresters under. And he thanks them, says, look, you put up with me when I'm here in prison, and you've stayed with me when we talk the good news. No matter what my circumstance or situation, you and I have a partnership that goes on. You care for me, you love me, and you are partners with me in the ministry, and so he expresses his love to them. He tells them how much they mean to him. All of us should have people in our lives that mean a lot to us. And all of us should love other people as Christ loves them. Okay. You see, the, here's what the Bible says. And Paul writes it another place. If you don't love people, you're just making a lot of noise for nothing. First Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13.1 If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. My kids have had this little drum set that has a drum. It was an insane moment that I bought it. And you open the lid to it and inside were two cymbals and two sticks to beat on the drum. And some other God forsaking thing that made a noise. And they would take that out and they'd get a little band and they'd beat that drum and clang those cymbals. And I'm thinking, please stop. If you don't love, that's what you're like to other people. Irritating. You sound good. Sometimes You think you're playing great music. They did. But you're just making a lot of noise. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I could understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. It wouldn't matter. You can be as spiritual as you want to be, but if you can't love people... You're not spiritual. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And so what he says here is, you know what? I have compassion for you. I love you. And you and I have to understand that as Christians, we have a responsibility and obligation because of whose we are to love people. As they are, no matter whether they're in prison or whether they're doing great things, we love them. Whether they're doing what I like or don't like, we love them. Now, I'm maybe gonna be a little misunderstood here, but I'm gonna go there for a moment. Love isn't possible if you don't have compassion for people. If you don't have people in your heart, you're not going to love them. And sometimes when we've been hurt, we get hurt inside. Our heart's been hurt. Some relationship, something happened. And what do we do? We say, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to let anybody else in. And we begin to set up perimeters in our lives. I love these people because these people are okay. I maybe I'll tolerate these people and they'll be all right and I'll get along with them. But these people, there's no way. They did this to me and they have this to me and this happened. And I'm not going to let them in anymore. And so we have compartments. Now, here's what you have to understand. The minute you decide to keep people out, you've also decided to keep love out of your life. Because if you choose not to love a couple people, it will affect all the other people around you. Oh no, I'll love them. No, you you won't. And so love loves everybody, or it struggles at best. And so you and I have to understand you can't compartmentalize love, not God's love. It's for all, at all times no matter what and Paul had such compassion for these folks and we get to see a little bit into him this rough old guy who just a few years previous was killing people and now he says boy you mean so much to me I love you thanks for loving me that's the way Christians should be living I got one okay Uh, So the question is, did Jesus come to divide or to bring peace? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus came to divide, but you didn't. Okay? Jesus said, I'm going to separate sheets and goats." He's going to divide at some point. But that's not our task. Our task is to love. We're not God. We're not judgmental. We love people as they are. God will take care of the separation. And the moment you try to take his place, uh, you might want to reconsider. Does that answer that, you think? I think that covers it, yeah. Okay. So that what we have to understand, well, you know, some people in their self-righteousness, really it's their pride and their legalism. Well, I think they got to do this, and if people can't do this, then just forget them. That's not what God does. God loves everybody. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He loves us all. Yes, one day at the end, he will bring judgment. But for right now, he's doing everything he can to reach people. And you and I are called to love people because he loves people. That's all for the moment. Okay. Okay. So that's how this begins. Paul just says, look, I just feel great about you. you got a special place in my heart. You and I have been together. You've stayed with me in the good times, the bad times. And God knows how much I love you. I love you with the compassion of Christ. That's a great way to love people. Then Paul's concerned Prayers. Now, we're going to go through this, and what I'm going to really give you here in just a moment, I'm going to give you a way to pray for people, all people. And Paul kind of walks us through this, and so let's look at the, these verses. Verse 9, he says this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. Now, notice, it's not conditional love, is it? It says, I want you to love more and more, period, It's not, I want you to love these people more. I I just want you to love more and more. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. So that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. So let's take those two verses there and just kind of look at them. And see what he prayed for and so what we can pray for. First of all, I'm, I'm going to pray for people's choices. He says, I want your love to overflow more and more. Loving people is a choice you make. Love is a choice. Notice that love has no object. You just love. Keep loving. Keep on loving. Well, Pastor, I keep loving. People keep doing this and this and this. Yes, they do, but you keep loving. Our love should constantly be expanding. There's always room for more. Now, here's the hard thing about love. In order for you to love others, you have to die to yourself. And that's what makes it tough, isn't it? So when you pray for people, God, I pray that you will help them to make loving choices. Loving you, loving what's right, and that they'll just increase in that. And I pray that you'll help them with the choices that they are making. Help them to choose to love you that's a great prayer for a lot of people secondly prayer for people's completeness his completeness Here, he says it says keep on growing in knowledge and understanding god would you help them just to keep increasing what they need to know and be complete and whole in you? And God, the more they love you, the more they can grow, and the more they'll understand things, and the more they'll see things from your way and not my way. You, you, God, I want them to keep growing in that way. Help them to know the knowledge of God and the understanding. Here's what he writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. He says, look, we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. God helped them to know more about you God, reveal yourself to them in a greater way. God, help them to understand the things of God. Help them to see things more clearly. God, help me to grow in my knowledge of you and in my understanding of how you work. Because God's ways aren't ours, are they? But God's ways are always loving and kind and good, aren't they? And God's ways are always right. And so he's playing, you know, pray for their completeness. God, help them to keep on growing. Help them to not stop. Keep showing them. Expand them. And then, pray for their clarity. Clarity. God, would you help them to see clearly? And here's why he says in that verse. He says, I want you to understand what really matters. Life is full of choices. And many of the choices don't seem very big or very important. But a lot of the choices have to do with what is good or what is best. God, would you help me to see what really matters? Because in life, some things matter more than others, don't they? Now, people matter more than me getting my way. People matter to God. Relationships matter more than me being right. Not everything is equal. And whenever I make decisions, God, would you give me clarity so that I never forget, because I want to love them, I want to have compassion for them, that people are more important than things, People are more important than me having to tell them to do what I want them to do and manipulate them to get what I want. Other people are more important than me. That's a hard prayer to pray, isn't it? God, would you help me to see that? Would you make life a little clearer for me in how I operate and what I do? Would you help me to see people as you do? Would you help me to have that compassion? Would you help me not to give up on them? Would you help me not to use people? Would you help me not to think I know better than they do? We good so far? All right. So pray for their clarity. Pray for people's character. He says, I want you to live pure and blameless lives. God, would you help them to be people of integrity? Would you help me to be a person of integrity? No character flaws. Now, that word pure in that verse has a very interesting background to it in, in modern day times. When he uses it, here's what goes through people's heads when they're reading that back in Paul's day. One of the meanings in this language, it means sun tested. So, back in that day, they would uh, make pottery. And one of the habits of the pottery maker was that they would make, try to make the finest piece of pottery they could. And the finer the pottery, the thinner it had to get. And so the thinner it was, the better it was. The problem was, the thinner it got, the easier it was to crack. And so what they would do, the unscrupulous ones, they would find did that, and then if there was a crack, they'd take some clay and they'd try to patch it. Really, if it cracked, you should have destroyed it and started again. But they would try to patch it. They would blend it in. They would glaze over it. And then they would try to sell it so that to the average eye, you couldn't see it. But if you took that piece of pottery and held it up to the sun, you could see the line. I want your life to be pure so that when it's held up to the sun... There aren't any cracks in it. You're pure. I'm praying that your life will be sun tested because on this planet, there's a lot of cracked pots. <laughs> and sometimes, if you look at yourself in the light of the world, you think, hey, I'm doing pretty good and you hold yourself up to what everybody else is doing, how they're acting, go, hey, I'm better than that, I'm better than that, I'm not like that, I'm not doing that. But you see when you hold your life up to the Son and the Holy Spirit starts pointing out little flaws that become big flaws and you can either choose to ignore them or you can say, God, we got some work to do. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I want you to live a pure and blameless life. And when your life is held up to the sun because we're not compared with other people, we're compared with the sun. And when your life is held up to that, you'll be pure and blameless. Without fault in his sight. What a picture. And then he prays for their consistency. He says, I want you to do all of this until the day of Christ's return. I want you to keep living this way so that when Jesus Christ comes back, he will find you living this life full of love for other people. And you can pray that prayer for a lot of people and you can pray it for yourself. God, help me to be this person and help me to do that as well. We do have one. Okay. What about praying for patience? Wouldn't that come into play? Most of the time, um, you don't have to pray for patience. You'll have plenty of opportunities to do it. Uh, It'll show up. And so I think that patience has to do with the purity. What gets us into problems in our obedience to God? We get impatient, don't we? We want things to happen right now. When they don't, we make choices and decisions that we regret later on. And so a lot of times I think we have to understand that what I need is, God, I need to live a life that's going to be what pleases you. And to do that, I'm going to need a lot of things and I need your help. That's it. Paul's character desires. Last verse, verse 11. He talks about their character. He talks about our character. Verse 11 Notice what he says. May you always be filled, notice the word always, be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Now, notice, we're not saying you have to do this to be saved, but if you're saved, your life should be bearing fruit, right? So he says, Look, I want your lives to have the fruit of your salvation. What is that fruit? Well, one of the things, and he addresses it here right now, he says, here's the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus. The righteous character, the integrity that you live, the way that you live, that's a fruit of salvation. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Is the way that my life is being lived right now, the way that I talked, my attitudes, the way that I think, my heart, and all of those things, is God glorified in that? And so he says, I want the fr- you to have fruit. I want you to bear what's going on in your life. I want you to produce what's right. You're a Christian, you need to have fruit. We also know there's fruit called fruit of the Spirit, don't we? So, do I have all of those fruit that's mentioned there? Is my life being lived righteously before God? Is that fruit mine? If not, then I need to be doing some soul searching, don't I? Because if that fruit isn't there, I have a problem as a Christian. I can look at all the other people I want... But if that isn't there for me, then I need to be looking in the mirror of God's word because I should be living a life that's righteous. I should be living a life with that fruit. John chapter 15, verse one. I'm the true grapevine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. So I can't produce what I need to produce, I can't love like I need to love on my own. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse eight, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. And that's exactly what Paul says in verse 11. I want you to produce the fruit, the righteous character in God to bring glory and praise to God. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to do what is right. I want you to be the person God has called you to be. And see, I think sometimes Christians have this, uh, I don't know whether it's we just refuse to look at it or whether it's we don't see it when we should. But we're not very good at self-evaluation. We tend to think many times at two extremes. One is, I'm no good, I'm rotten, all the fruit I have is rotten fruit, and I'm, I'm worthless, which is horrible. Or, hey, I'm great, I'm wonderful, there's no problem with me. Which means you're not seeing things correctly. Because all of us have areas that we need to address, don't we? but well, we're not good at looking at ourselves and saying, you know what, there's some things in my life right now that I know aren't pleasing God and that I know are wrong and I need to change it and I need to fix it because I want to be a person of integrity. I, don't want, I want to be pure. I don't want that crack to be there in my life. I, I want to address those things. And we get so busy addressing other people's issues that we don't take care of our own. Because we're more judgmental with people than we are compassionate with people. And compassion should rule the day. Matthew chapter five, verse 14, "You're the light of the world, city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, your works shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Not you, God. Let your activities and your actions be visible for other people to see so that they can see God in you. And you don't take credit, but God does. Now, if you always have to say, oh, don't say it to me, just give God the glory, you're probably not doing it right. God will get the glory without you telling people to do it. And so you and I have to understand, God says, Paul says, look, I love you folks. I love everybody. I want you to keep loving people. Let your love just expound and grow and go and keep moving and keep going on. And so there's a little summation here at the end. We good so far? We do have one. Okay. The question is, uh, so someone bad who was once without all of these good traits, they can become children of God, right? Anyone can become a Christian. Uh, It's not a closed door. uh, Whosoever will may come. So that door is open. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing on this planet today. He is drawing people to the Father through the Son. Yeah, that's all. So there's a little progression that he has here. He says, look, I want you to grow in love. I want you to love more than you're loving today. I want your love for people to grow, not just a few people, not just the people you like, not just some people who've been good to you, all people. I want you to love everyone. And I want you to make good choices, choices that will help benefit others, and choices that will help you grow and have godly character. Your life should be lived following the example of Jesus Christ and you day by day should be coming more and more like him because I want your life to give God glory and praise. I want him to be honored by the way that you're living. I want people to be able to look at you and say, behind your back, that person's a Christian. That person lives for God. You don't have to tell them. You just show them, and by living it, they know. And that means you will impact the world. And that's what we live for. And in these few verses here, it's what Paul's telling these people. Look, I care for you. I have compassion for you like you can't believe. We're partners together in this great work that we have. Good times, hard times, prison times, great gospel times. We've got it all together. And I pray that we'll just continue to grow in knowledge and understanding and that we'll have pure and blameless lives so that the whole world one day will know that you and I will live a life that is righteous so that others can see Christ in us. And thus when I live that life, I can then speak words that carry weight because people will be able to hear the love in my voice. Not the judgment, the compassion. And so as you look at this tonight is there an area that you'd say you know what if you hold my life up to the sun there's this little line that I see going through it of imperfection that needs to be addressed and I need to deal with it and I need to fix it so that I can be the person God wants me to be and live the life that he wants me to live. So would you take a moment, you and God, right there, right now, just God, here I am, help me, take care of me. Here's the area, help me with it. You're not praying for somebody else, just you. Lord, it's a prayer that's really hard to pray. Would you help me to love like you love? Would you help me to live like you lived? Would you help me to care like you cared? Would you help me to give you glory and honor in every area of my life? Because Lord, more than anything else, I want to please you. I want to honor you. I want your name to be exalted. I want people to come to know you. And so Lord, would you help us as we go about our activities throughout the day tomorrow to let our light shine so that all can see what God has done in us and is continuing to do through us. Be honored, we pray, in thy name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you, go. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard... Please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8, 15 and 10, 45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.